This is Derek J. Freeman of AnyPay.Global, and you're listening to Milk on Coinspice. You're listening to Milk, Soothing Crypto's Burn, with host C. Edward Kelso from Coinspice.io. Your home for just spicy crypto things online. is really going on crypto savages this is your host c edward kelso editor-in-chief out at coinspice.io back with another fantastic episode of milk soothing cryptos burn this time around i've got paul Pway, who is the head and ceo of edge wallet formerly airbits which i'm sure you're you're at least uh, a little familiar with um paul is a fantastic guest to have right now at this time I've actually been trying to get him for a while on the show, and uh, the reason why he couldn't come on is the same reason I wanted him on, ironically, and I would tell him that constantly. He's got his head down. He's building. He's not up there throwing bombs. He's not part of all these dumb debates. Um, He's not screaming at the top of his lungs. He's a builder, and now that we're in a bear market, to put it mildly, and lots of projects are crashing and falling and prices are, are you know in the toilet... This is the time, I think, to return to the people who kind of always had a nice sense of things, who are grounded, kind of even keel. Now, I like I like the bomb throwers too. I, I like to get into the debates, but you know, when there's money on the table, when there <laughs> when there's building involved, when there's things to be done, we have to go back to the Paul Poys of the world. And he's a fantastic ambassador for sanity. Um, he's a hopeful guy. Um, he's someone I think you want to listen to right now because you kind of trust his opinion. Obviously, it's not financial advice. Um, you know, no one's shilling anything here besides the obvious. But he's an important guy to listen to right now at this time in the space. So I think you're going to enjoy the episode without any further yapping on my part. Here is Paul Pue, CEO of Edge Wallet. And, and for a bunch of reasons. Um, and I think our listeners might be fairly familiar with Edge Wallet, uh, with you, because you've, you've certainly been around the space for a while. Um, but I just want to kind of sing your praises. One, you're, in terms of temperament, you seem to be always above the fray. You're not afraid to mix it up. I've seen you debate, but you're always kind of above it a little bit. You're the only, the only thing, when I think of your name, I, and this is going to sound weird, I think of ecumenical, like you're, you're, the, you're the dude that, is, is not going to, you have your beliefs and, 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 the, and the ways that you want to proceed in the world, but you're also open to kind of other ideas and taking different sides. And I find that so refreshing uh, in our space, which is becoming so tribal. And yeah, it's just nice to have, you know, somebody out there that's cool, calm, collect, that's willing to kind of process it. Anyway, so that was a long way to go. I really appreciate it because I feel like a, a lot of the industry actually, uh, how do I say it? Unless you're clicked, Baitable, you just don't get a whole lot of attention, and I, I think I tend to be less clickbaitable because uh, I, I take a more pragmatic approach and, and balanced approach, which doesn't. I don't. I don't reign cheerleader on any one side uh, strongly or another, and so I think that's probably one of the the challenges we have is that being pragmatic is uh, maybe boring to most. Uh, yeah, and well, and also as as a business person, it seems to me. There seems to be a slight, in our space anyway, edge, uh, pardon the pun, uh, towards people who are kind of bombasts and they like to throw, you know, jabs and so on. And I'm, I'm from a school of thought that like, 
I'm going to put my money and I'm going to bet on the dude or dudette who can kind of go level. Um, so that kind of brings me into what I wanted to start with um, having you on here, and that's the market. Uh, Paul, mm -hmm. we, are, we are terrified over here. Uh, oh, really? watching Everything collapse. Uh, we're watching uh, mm -hmm. Eric Voorhees, who's a, who's a heroic figure in, in a lot of mm -hmm. our eyes, um, have to do a mea culpa, bended knee with uh, you know, a whole third of his employees go down. Consensus, which I think you know, just maybe five, six months ago was, was sort of the star <laughs> of the space, uh, arguably, um, with regard to uh, you know, hiring all over the world, doing all these ambitious projects. Um, right, right. You know, things are, things are, they seem to be falling apart. Now, there's the speculative price. You know, the bit mains are kind of falling by the wayside. Where, right, right. Here's, a, here's an easy one. Uh, where, <laughs> where are you on all this? How, how do you come down at the current state of the space? You know, we go through the similar struggles that we went through in like 2015, 2016, when the market was, you know, was kind of tanked. And so this is definitely a, a, a cleansing period where the different projects prove which ones have viability and which ones are, are offering a, a decent product in the market. And ironically, the ones that you just mentioned, they make the most headlines because they made the most headlines. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So they're making headlines now and people are making a big deal out of them because there's, there, there's so much in the mind's eye of the, the people that saw them over the past several years. <clears throat> Does that mean that they're not making a good, compelling product you know, right now and, and their product isn't kind of living through this downturn? Not necessarily. It's just being smart, right? It's simply being smart in the sense that um, if you are making less money at a certain point in time and, and having to adjust your financial outcome to survive and actually ride into the next bear market, then so be it. Um, I, I just got off talking with uh, one of the early, 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 early employees of Coinbase. <clears throat> mm. And, um, you know, and we kind of had the similar discussion and he said, you know, I was there for quite a number of years. And I feel like the number one reason why they're still around is they were very, very diligent with um, the resources during the bear markets. And they just literally survived into the, uh, the uptrend, uptrends where a lot of the, the money is made. <clears throat> and so that our, our hope obviously in cryptocurrency that smooths out where we don't have this roller coaster and becomes a smoother cycle and, and at worst the cycle that you see in like the the stock market and the regular tech market where it's like a 10-year cycle versus a two-year cycle you know and it's not a huge as big of a crash and as big of a, of a spike it's more gradual <clears throat> but this is kind of the, the normal order of business of just cyclical economies that that's not abnormal and you know I've worked in other companies that just have to go through the cycles where they'd be yearly cycles and you know uh, most people are are coming in during the summertime and you just kind of deal with it during the winter right it's the same thing uh, or vice versa or their biannual cycles like crypto or their 10-year cycles um, <clears throat> like like other industries or stock markets sure. so um, I think people should uh, media likes to take something and highlight it because that's the only way they make money Right. Or you make things sound more drastic than they really are because that's how people click and when people click, you make money. Yep. So that's a thing to be aware of in, in the media circles. And usually negative makes bigger news than, than positive. And so they'll take and very, very much highlight the negative and the positives just kind of get a mention. You know? um, so right. take everything you see with a grain of salt. I wouldn't, I'm, uh, I'd be shocked to hear people saying, oh my God, everything is just collapsing and falling apart. Mm -hmm. It's uh, yes. Other bad news is going to come out like this. Does it mean it's bad for the industry as a whole? I don't think it's nearly that bad. You know, we we could see 
you know, other notable companies, you know, acquisitions or you know layoffs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you know, industry as a whole, it's just part of the cycle of events, and it's the thing that happens, and then you rebuild. And so, you know, not much different happened um, in companies that we're aware of, and even ourselves back in 2015, 2016, and then you rebuild and you have your growth phase going into like the 2017s. Um, and we'll have another one of those with another big, you know, growth ramp up. We expect it. I think everyone else is as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's about using the quiet time to build properly, but also to, you know, manage, manage resources. <clears throat> and I, you know, I, it's, it's, uh, the word, uh, I was thinking of while you were talking was, was maturation that our market is still, <clears throat> you know, the industry is still somewhat nascent. I mean, obviously it's been around yeah. a decade ish. Um, but as it as it exists now, um, it's I mean it's it's still got its its toddler legs, and a, a lot of the younger guys and gals who entered the space in the last couple of years, they won't. I mean, Bitcoin, crypto, for lack of a better phrase or word, has been around during a bear market. So even though we got in towards the end of the um, the Great Recession, is when it started to build. I mean, the stock market in the U.S. anyway has has since doubled, and so we've not known a recession during this time. So if that starts to also wobble, which some people say it it might be, um, that puts an extra layer on things. And I think a lot of the the newer people who've come in in the last few years who don't have sort of the the uh, historical perspective of having lived through bear markets, I think this is uh, this is shaking them. And um, they're seeing a lot of this stuff sort of fall down. It looks, you know, somewhat apocalyptic. So um, I'm glad to hear yeah, you say sure. that. Go ahead. Yeah, definitely the interaction with the traditional markets and the crypto markets is going to be an interesting one over the next couple of years, given that, like you said, we've never had the intersection of two bear markets, crypto and traditional equity markets. And so this is, you know, I mean, while it might not happen, all, all figures are pointing to it. It is going to happen. That is what everyone's saying. Like within the next couple of years, we'll see a pretty pretty significant economic downturn. And this will be the first one that is overlapped with crypto. And it can do, it can go both ways. It can, it can hurt crypto as a whole mm-hmm. as well, where people just completely exit out of anything remotely considered an investment. Right. right? And, and put into something that what they deem is the absolute safest. Or it could be a boon for crypto where people like exit out what they think are kind of the established investments or just regular monetary holdings and go into crypto. It can kind of go both ways. <clears throat> um, but uh, it's interesting to note that because the cycles of um, the economic, the, the standard equity markets is much bigger, like a much longer cycle, um, many people have not seen a bear market. Like they're just too young. It was, it was when they were in college and yeah. you know, they've been working for six, seven years and they've, they just haven't seen it. Um, <clears throat> whereas crypto, you see it. If you're in it any, any, any decent amount of time, you've already seen one. And so the, it'll, it'll definitely be an interesting take and we'll see what, what the intersection of the two, um, you know, how it plays out. But uh, I'm kind of excited to see it in a weird, scary way. Only because no, I'm, I'm excited for new things that ever ha- haven't happened before. Mm-hmm. You know, just in general, you know, whether even if they're somewhat tragic, there's something about it, you know, that that brings about it keeps you awake, and you're just going waiting in a good, excited way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, with my wife and I, she got into it a little bit later than I did. I'm just being in the industry, <clears> and you know, she saw my my holdings during 2017. She'd married a genius, Paul. She'd married a financial <laughs> genius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything was doubling and, you know, quadrupling. You wrong. Oh, friends were like, you know, how did you know this? How did you, I'm, you know, <laughs> gift, guys. It's a gift. What, what do you want me to say? It's a gift, yeah. 
If, if, yeah. you, if you put your head down and work hard, you too could. Anyway, so by yeah, January, exactly. <laughs> I was an asshole in the room. There's no doubt about that. And, but she basically, we, we had to sort of readjust our thinking. And <clears throat> the one thing I was able to impart to her, not that I'm like some, again, genius, I'm definitely not, is to say to her, hey, you know what? We should be taking profits at this point. Like we should be, this is the time to be careful. Like it, it's counterintuitive, I think, to people. So, mm -hmm. so is it then, so like now, now I seem like a genius devil, right? So we, we get out of crypto late December and the thing just happens to fall apart in January. And so we say, well, that, that was a good idea. You know, you play it safe during the bubble and you, so right, is, right. is the opposite and, and, you know, we'll kind of wrap this particular part of the, the podcast up here. Um, is the answer during a bear market to take maybe a slightly more risk or, or do you just consolidate the entire time? I mean, it depends on what you mean by more risk, right? Is, is it, sure. do you short the market right now? Is it's in a bear market? Is that riskier than buying? Mm. You know, I mean, so it depends how you define risk, but if you simply take history as mm. any example, and you just follow history, uh, we're at an 85 plus, you know, 85-ish percentage drop. Uh, historically, if you're an 85% drop from an all-time high, that's been a good time to buy. And I'm not making a recommendation. I'm just <laughs> really, really looking at history, right? Just Understood. looking at history. And, and that's generally a good time to buy. And, you know, within the two to three-year time frame, you're, you're historically going to be up pretty good. So... But, but as a business person, like, like when you're dealing with edge and not to get too much into the books here, um, right. when, when you're dealing with, with your business, um, right, right. How, how are you, you know, kind of navigating these waters in, in sort of general parameters? Yeah, so I mean, generally speaking, as a, as a company in the crypto space, you don't, you don't try to overly, you don't try to speculate. Like, you know, we're not a hedge fund. You know, people invested right. in us, didn't invest in us to speculate on the value of cryptocurrency. They do that already on their own. Right now, just mm -hmm. by operating with cryptocurrency, you're, you're having some some influence on the, the the price of the market, both in the business that you're able to bring in, as well as just simply the crypto that you might be holding. <clears throat> you know, that can be a, both a positive and a negative, and it definitely um, was a, a huge positive for what was what was a small amount of the crypto that we were holding in early 2017 to becoming a very significant amount uh, at the end of 2017, and then down some now. But as a business, you, you know, predictability is a bit more important because you're trying to build something other than making an, uh, a killing on, on crypto valuation. And so really uh, providing that stability being the more important thing um, that we're looking at versus like, hey, we're investing in, a, in, in crypto. That's for each individual in the company to do on their own. And that's why I, I wanted you on so badly is because you're a builder in the space. And I think I do it too. I tend to, like I just did for the first uh, part of, uh, of our talk here, I tend to kind of overemphasize the speculative aspect. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just yeah, not, it. it's not the picture. You know, it's, you're, you're yeah, not exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. very cool. Admittedly, as an individual, I wish I was more of a, of a speculator because I've been so heads down on, on building and building a company and whatnot that many times that something that has crossed my head as a, a speculative opportunity, both on the buy and the sell side, I would just... It would just be like a chore, like oh, it's like taking out the garbage. I should do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, oh, I should do that because I think it's a pretty good opportunity, or I should exit out because I think it's a good time to sell. But it just felt like literally taking out the garbage. I'd rather build, and so sure. I've missed on a lot of what I'd call kind of financial economic opportunity for for myself because I've just been heads down. You know, I mean, overall, it's been a, a generally net positive on what I've owned over the course of the past four years, mm -hmm. but 
you know, it could have been far, far, far better um, you know, to, to be able to utilize uh, the ups and down swings, the, the grander you know, market ups and down swings, which sure. you know, I've, I've just been uh, two heads down to, to leverage. <clears throat> that, that sounds, that sounds, I think, uh, I think, you know, that's actually kind of a, a, a nice segue into sort of your background. Um, we, we travel in some similar circles. Uh, you've been to Anarchapulco. Um, I've seen some tweets of yours that lean libertarian ish. Um, you've chosen to keep your business in the United States, which is super daring considering how litigious this place is. Um, right. And also in California, um, how do your how do your how does your personal pol- how do you sort of jive your personal politics worldview with 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 Edgewall or Airbits and then now Edgewall? How how does all that work together? Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a mishmash that I have I have struggles in defining in in, in clear and easy terms that people understand. So from a from the viewpoint of of Edgewall, why I built it, I, if I had to kind of sum it up. Um, our take was really take the, the, the pure benefit of what cryptocurrency has to offer, which if one were to ask what it is, it, there's several answers, right? It's like, okay, to some it's, it's cheap, um, cheap transactions. To others, it's you know, kind of the, the hard money. It's not controlled by Federal Reserve. Um, to others, it's accessibility, like meaning like you, know, you have a digital... A digital network that's all around the world that people can access. Um, <clears throat> um, to others, it's well, it's you know, the ability to own your own digital money that's never happened before. And so, if I had to pick one of those, I, I fundamentally believe it's 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 the access and control. Like you know, people everywhere in the world can access this technology, mm-hmm. and they don't have to they don't have to be given that ability because a bank decides to let, you know set up shop in your country. In order for you to access that network, so that access and it's uh, that that freedom to to move value is one of the key differentiators from that and other prior digital monies and whatnot. And what we we're trying to do with Edge and Arabits is empower pretty much everyone to be able to do that. And we wanted to transition from the era of kind of the early adopter and you know, the cryptic tools to the more accessible tools, right? That accessibility factor, not not just for the early crypto anarchists, but for kind of the everybody. Mm-hmm. And one of the beliefs that I and you know uh, many of the team have is that when you really have a strong ideal, the only way to push your ideal is to give it to the also to the people that don't give a shit about your ideal. Right. Right. Like you're, you're as a as a person that does care about privacy. <clears throat> I'm I'm the weirdest person when it comes to privacy because I care about it on a on a technical and ideological level, but I won't deal with the shitty tools that try to get it for me. Right? Like I, I'll sense, only yeah. deal with it. Like I'll respect the tools that do it for me instantly, easily, invisibly. But you know, I use regular unencrypted email, all those email services. Otherwise, yeah, they kind of suck. You know, I've tried using WhatsApp, which is somewhat encrypted, but it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and so I'm stuck with like an unencrypted telegram. And there's a encrypted version of telegram chat or you, you know, do the secret message, but right. it sucks in a few other ways. And I, I, I can go on for two hours on the very minutiae specifics of why those different versions suck. So while I will try these tools, I'm quick to drop them because to me, you're not going to achieve the broad sweeping privacy by building a tool that's very unusable. 
you're going to get the five people in the world using it. Well, that to me isn't accomplishing anything. <clears throat> right. And so um, why do we do this? We want to take our, our ideals. So we want, you know, user controlled, non-custodial crypto. We want privacy, but we want it for even the people that don't give a shit about it because that way everybody gets it because you don't get the benefit of what you believe in. If only your little clan gets it, mm -hmm. not going to get the grand benefit. And you know, that was true of like personal computers. That was true of you know, a lot of the, of social media. It was true of any kind of network effect type of a tool. You need other people to adopt it. And if they're not aligning with your ideals, then you almost have to give them whatever they want and hide what you want inside of it. Like Trojan horses. Mm -hmm. um, so what do I fit? Where do I fit as far as in the political space? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've got this, this libertarian leaning um, aspect because I do feel like people should do what they want. But it's, it's balanced with the realization that choi with choice comes inefficiency. And this is one of the biggest kind of at my heart struggles that I have. Um, and I think a lot of early thought leaders have these weird struggles inside of them. Like Steve Jobs had this, uh, this similar internal struggle in that he believed and loved technology so much, but he loved nature and, and humanity. Right. And the two kind of collided. Um, and similar, I have a similar collision in the sense that uh, I love the idea that people should have their own choice and make their own decisions um, and not be in control by a very large governing authority. But at the same time, I realize that there's an efficiency gain by people not having to make those decisions and delegating those decisions. Like, what do people say when you're a boss? Like, don't, don't do all the work, delegate. Right. And, and that's what we're doing by having a government is we're delegating. We're saying, I don't know what insurance plans to get out of the hundred. Can you just tell me what's good enough for me? Mm, you know, that's a good but point. That, but that sucks. It's like, you know, it, it's so counter to the, the libertarian principles of let me choose, you know, but that's all it is. It's simply an optimization. And now there's optimizations that have gone way the hell too far, right? It's like, you know, you give them the government so much, so many resources that they over optimize and they make choices for you that are not in your best benefit. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other extreme, which is the, the, the pure anarchist thought where like, leave me absolutely alone and let me choose every little minutiae detail. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you in that world, no one would get anything done. Like, you know, the shirt, the, the don't, the don't trust verify. Yeah. All right. That whole, that whole concept to me is the biggest little bullshit. Right. I'll, I'll, go, okay. I'll go on stage and say that is the worst thing to advocate hmm. because if you had to not trust and, and verify everything in your world. What would you get done? Right. What would you get? What if you didn't trust that your car worked every <laughs> single day? What if, you know what I mean? Like well, you don't trust that when you turn on your gas stove, that it won't blow up you right. verify that every single day. Like you don't realize how much trust you're putting in the world around you every single day and everything that you do. That, that's just part of how we live and we want to be able to trust because then we can do other things as opposed to trying to verify everything. And, and that brings us to how you guys move from Airbits um, and in pretty much every project I've seen you associated with gets super high marks across the board. Uh, it's kind of like one thing everybody can agree on. So if people are shitting on this wallet or they don't like that, uh, you know, they come back to the Airbits or now the, um, <laughs> the edge wallets. No edge. They go, well, this is, this is where I can... I can go with, and um, I referenced my wife. She had Airbits, uh, for, loved it, mm -hmm. loved it. Um, cool. And the new UI, I, I think, because you, you were talking about the, the privacy aspect, um, mm -hmm. I, I guess Edge really isn't new anymore, but um, sort of the, the latest version of, of the interface is nice and smooth, um, very easy to get in and out of. But like you say, in, in, in a way, you, you have to kind of trust 
that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the purpose of the Edge wallet seems to be a super, super high premium on security. And at the same time, you know, making it an, an ease and, and, and something you want to use and, you know, something you can get at, you know, all the different types of tokens uh, that are out okay. there and, and some of the innovations that are taking place in, in the space. And so you're, you're trying to sort of thread that needle. Um, I, I think you're, 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 you know, you've got it kind of right. Um, is, is that right? Did, did the, the switch from Arabits over to Edge, was that, was that largely to, to kind of merge what you're talking about here, the security and, you know, making it user-friendly? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you've got it pretty close to the mark. I'll give you a little bit of backstory on why we rebranded in the first place. And it has to do with kind of the, the model of security. Um, at some point in 2015, I believe, or early 2016, um, <clears throat> we started seeing what was the value add of Airbits as a Bitcoin wallet. Because other Bitcoin wallets out there was Mycelium and Bread and, you know, Blockchain Info, blah, blah, blah. But what was our real value add that um, a lot of people resonated with? And it was the way we secured keys. It was this method of like encrypt it, client side, back it up, two-factor it, make it password recover. All of that was our differentiating factor that no other wallet could do. You know, they, everyone had their little nuanced UI differences, but this is the one thing that we did differently. <clears throat> and we started kind of branding that and we called it, you know, edge security, right? It was a way of securing data, whether it's private keys or anything, at the edges of the network, right? That was what we talked about. At the edges of the network, meaning not in the central servers of the network where you have an IT manager and an IT department, that controls the data. It was secured at the edges on your device, encrypted on your device. <clears throat> and there's no more edge of the network than humans. Like we as individual people are the edges of the network. Right. right? Kind of visualize that. And so it really resonated with our, our philosophy of empowering people and empowering us to have control and access to, the, to this, you know, this financial network. And so in that marketing of, of edge security being the way we secured data, we started to build an SDK, and that was actually a, a bit of a new SDK, a new rewrite, which was applying the edge security model into other apps that are not Airbits. So our launch partner for that, for like showing off what we built, was actually Augur, way back before Augur was even on mainnet. Like they were still on wow. testnet. <laughs> and it was early integration. It was kind of like the, the beta, just scrappy, throw, throw something together so we can show that this can work both in Airbits but also in another app. And so we call that the Edge Security SDK, allowing dApps to secure keys the way Edge does, uh, the way at the time Airbits does. And then we said, well, this is really cool. You can create your account in Augur and log in just like you would in Airbits. But what if you already have an Airbits account? Do you want to create two accounts? Because when you do that in Augur, you're actually creating another Airbits account. It was two accounts coexisting. We said, well, that's not a great experience. Let's build a single sign-on where you can take your Airbits wallet and literally scan a barcode and that would allow you to create a wallet in Augur and automatically encrypt it and back it up into the same account that you have with Airbits. But Augur uses Ethereum and Airbits uses those Bitcoins. So you wouldn't actually see the wallet in your balance inside of Airbits. You just It would just be there secretly in there, encrypted and backed up for you. Hmm. And so we call that edge login. Right? It was like our single sign-on, you know, our, our edge secure um, version of single sign-on. And it was non-custodial, client-side, and we were pitching it as like the, the secure alternative to like a Google login, Twitter. And it even worked with dApps such as Augur. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and then we realized, hey, you know, it's really cool to take Airbits and be able to sign into these dApps, like these Ethereum dApps. But Airbits can't see Ethereum. You can't see tokens. Let's use the same 
code that we built for these dApps. And let's build a new wallet that's multi-asset. Uses the same security model, uses the same code as our SDK that was in Augur, but now totally refactored, super modular to be able to com accommodate almost any blockchain, easily and simply. And that's when we went heads down in 2017 and almost disappeared. <laughs> we almost went to no conferences. You know, we bulked up our team and went heads down on building mm -hmm. Edge Wallet. Very smart. Um, and I, it was smart, but poor timing in a way, because when Edge Wallet came out, we didn't come out until 2018, right? We kind of missed right. the 2017. <laughs> but, right? But ironically, Airbits itself, even though we did no marketing for Airbits, we went very heads down, didn't show up. Airbits saw 10x, 20x increase in, in transaction throughput and new accounts and active accounts, all that stuff, just because the industry was, you know, going through the roof. <clears throat> um, but that's now why we decided to then rebrand, is that we had a new app. Um, it couldn't be called Airbus because it was a completely new code base and we couldn't stomp on top of the original Airbus because people would lose some functionality. Um, all the new stuff was called Edge, Edge, Edge Security, the Edge SDK, Edge Login. And at that point, so let's just call the new app Edge. Well, at that point, let's just call the whole company Edge. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> and that was kind of the, the transformation to where we are now, which, yes, you're, you're right. It highlights the security model um, <clears throat> and highlights the fact that it's a new app it's now multi-asset, um, um, and it's a platform that you can put into your own application. Not you don't just have to run ours. So all encompassing in that regard, and we've been very happy with the rebrand. Yeah, and uh, you say multi-asset. Um, you what? Uh, which just you know roughly, uh, what what do you guys support? Oh man, I used to be able to just rattle this off off the top of my head. <laughs> now I have to like actually go to our website to remember what the heck we support. But obviously Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, mm -hmm. Ethereum, any token on Ethereum. We have a few pre-programmed. You can add any other ones if you wanted to. Um, we're one of the few that supports Monero and, and Stellar and Ripple. Um, on mobile, I think we're the only multi-asset that supports those guys. And then Dash, um, uh, Feathercoin, Zcoin, Digibyte, right. Vertcoin, Bitcoin Gold, um, Smart Cash, Bitcoin SV. Um, so a good, good handful. We could easily add 100 more. Um, especially the, the forks of Bitcoin, but mm -hmm. we're more focused on getting the true value add uh, coins that you don't see a whole lot of in a lot of the other multi-asset wallets. So we're days away from announcing a new one that's within the top 10 uh, cryptocurrencies um, <clears throat> that is in you know, pretty high demand. So um, that'll be announced next week when we head over to Miami for the TNABC conference. Oh, very mm -hmm. nice. Yep, very right nice. over there. something to, to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so again, listeners, this is in one application. So you can download it. You know, it's, again, it's secure is putting it mildly. Um, and you can keep them honest by, you know, <clears throat> as what customers do is uh, picking up, dropping and so on. Um, and, you know, Edge and Paul and, and uh, you know, Airbits in general, uh, they have always kind of been there, um, you know, constantly molding, staying ahead of things, um, as he said, head down um, on it. So it's, it's, in, it's in one wallet and you have all this exposure. Um, you can be kind of sure that when things come out, uh, Paul and, and his crew are going to be all over it. Um, they were one of the earliest uh, during the Bitcoin Cash Fork, um, I think, to the, the latest one um, in, in November. You guys are one of the first to, to be out there going, hey, Here's how you can split. Here's how this works. Am, am, am I saying that right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. We're the one of the few, if not like maybe only like one of two that allowed you to split your uh, BCH into BSV and replay protected as well. 
So yeah. I know and we that, had go ahead. a few people on there. We even had CEOs of some major companies in the BCHBSV uh, camp actually using our wallet to, to split and hold their, their funds. Sure. And, and again, you want as you know, someone in the space, you know, you never know what's going to happen and, and you want uh, a piece of software and application for lack of a better phrase to be that nimble, you know, to, to be able to, to, to react that quickly to what's going on in the space. So um, edge just again, over and over again, just keeps getting high marks and keeps kicking, kicking much ass. Yeah. Uh, let's um, I've, Thanks so I've much. Yeah, I've, I've taken a lot of your time here. Let's let's end with what's, you know, obviously you're going to make a, a nice announcement uh, in Miami. What, <coughs> what, what is the future for, for Edge, Edge um, yeah. say in the next, um, I guess, year or so? Next year? Um, relate, relative to what we just built over the past year in 2018, so obviously we've, we've been adding assets on a regular pulse, and I think that's going to continue on um, without much difference. So not, not too big of an increase, not, not really a decrease in that. But the thing that we're really, really focused on is exchange integrations over the next couple of quarters. Mm. And so if people look at what Edge can do today, a lot of it is, is crypto to crypto. So we do support a credit card to crypto via our partner Simplex. Right? And okay. the fees are kind of high. It's like 6% to do that. Right. But you, know, you get it very fast, 10 to, 12, 10 to 30 minutes. You've got crypto in your wallet and keys you control, not on an exchange. Um, <clears throat> but right now, most of the support is crypto to crypto via three different partners, uh, Shapeshift, Simplex, and, um, and I'm sorry, Shapeshift, ChangeNow, and Changely. Changely, right. And it, yeah, and if people don't know, there's a really, really cool feature in Edge, which no other wallet does, where you can request a swap from one currency to another, and Edge, from your phone, doesn't even use any of our servers, from your phone will actually hunt for the best price across all of the supported exchanges. And that's dope. That's not just the best price, but also the best price on the exchange that supports this, the, the swap in the first place. So just finding an exchange that supports the two currencies that you want to swap, that alone is already sometimes a challenge, having to go from Always. one to the other to the other. And then and the thing that people forget is that many of the exchanges have different limits. So what's the most you can buy? What's the minimum that you have to buy? Um, for example, I think Shapeshift has fairly low minimums at like $5, whereas Changely, you've got to buy like $30 to $50. Well, whatever you want, mm -hmm we'll try to find it within all the exchanges that are integrated at the best price for the, for the, the swap that you're looking for. And so we'll be adding a few more of those services to give people more, I won't really so much call it options, but more reliability for what they want and more, and more uh, currency pairs. Um, but what you'll really see going into, into 2019 is going to be a strong focus on getting the ability to on-ramp people into crypto from within the app. So integrating with the fiat on-ramp exchanges um, and our goal is to cover more of the world and have offerings across more of the world than even the largest exchanges such as like a Coinbase. And we like to say that we do that not by making enemies, but by making friends because we partner up with those companies. You know, we say, hey, we'd love to promote your service inside of our app and bring you customers as opposed to us having to deal with all the regulatory compliance and legal of each country, each region. Right, let them do infrastructure. it. Mm -hmm. hey, let them do it. They're the boots on the ground. They live there. They know what it's like. They've made the relationships. They've rubbed the elbows. We just want to partner with you guys and be able to offer that service and be a global brand. Like a global brand says, like, hey, if you want to buy a Bitcoin, no matter where you are in the world, all you got to do is think of Edge because they've partnered with the right good people to do so <clears throat> all, all inside of the app. Boom. Well, you just heard uh, Paul Poy. Um, of Edge Wallet, uh, formerly Airbits. Uh, he's got his bags packed. 
fellas. Uh, he's <laughs> he's ready to go. Uh, this guy is is constantly thinking. He's got a fantastic team. Um, he's on Twitter uh, as his edge. They they do uh, a a pretty regular um, kind of pod um, cast vlog. Uh, that's always really interesting. Um, news of the day. He's just an insider's insider. Um, like you know, you, you can hear the reasonableness. There's no crazy that's coming out of this guy. You, <laughs> you know that he's, you know, he's got a stable hand on on the throttle. Um, you know, just download the wallet. You know, even if immediately you don't do anything with it, just download it, and you'll you'll see immediately why uh, it's such a powerful tool. Um, again, you know, I cannot thank you enough for taking your time. I I know how busy you are just in our personal conversations back and forth and for you to take the time to, to sit down with me here and kind of chat things up uh, I, I do appreciate it and best of luck man going forward thank you so I, much I definitely appreciate for it. yeah thanks so much for having and, and being a supporter super appreciated and we'd love to be on the show again in the future probably when we've got some 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 cool announcements to, to share with your audience love to be on again so thanks so much